listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Oasis family. It's not until you start saying good morning that you realize how many times people come up and tell you good morning. Maybe we should start with great morning now. Great morning, morning, Oasis family. (laughs) Thank you. My name is Cassie, and I'm really excited to be sharing the word with you today. Uh, Some of you know me super well, and some of you don't know me at all. So a brief synopsis of my little life story, the 28 years that I've been here on Earth. Um, I am from middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Now, when I say middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, you're like, oh, you know, maybe Pittsburgh or Philly or a city you've heard of. No, no, I am from Adamstown, Pennsylvania, where the closest Walmart to my parents' house has horse and buggy parking. If you've never had fresh churned butter, let me tell you, it is an experience. So that's about where I'm from, and if you can't tell by how cool I am, I got out, got cooler, and then moved here, so now I'm really cool. And anytime I go home, everyone's always kind of like, wow, these shoes, cargo pants, and I'm like, yes, the future. (laughs) So I grew up in a really big church, and it was the perfect time to be in a really big youth group. So like our youth group had like 200 people and we felt like we were killing it. Like it was like, oh my God, like we were the youth group on the block, right? And so we would have all these events and stuff like that and I got involved and I loved it. So if the doors were open, I was at church. My typical like high school day would run like school at seven, be there till forever, then musical practice, then leave, then go to church to practice for something that I'm involved in later in the week, go home, do homework till two in the morning, go to sleep, rinse and repeat. Uh, Very committed, absolutely loved it. And so with that level of commitment, I'm gonna do whatever it is that my youth pastor did. So then I graduate high school and I go to the Bible college that my youth pastor went to because this is it, this is my destiny. I'm gonna grow up and be Pastor Aaron Jr. and it's gonna be amazing. And then I'm gonna marry someone attractive enough to put in a slideshow, have 2.5 children, an adorable dog, write a book and start a conference by the time I'm 30. And that's God's plan for me. It's gonna be great, it's gonna be big, but it's gonna be great. I graduate, I go to this Bible college. It is now the University of Valley Forge, but in my day, it was Valley Forge Christian College. If you know about SEU, it's just like SEU, but like six times smaller, uh, way less money, and there are condemned buildings on the campus. <laughs> if that tells you everything. I go to the school and I start studying ministry and I'm loving it, but I'm also not loving it. I'm loving the idea for my life that had been created for me and preached to me of that like great commission moment of you're going to do all of these great things for Christ and he has a destiny for you, he has a plan for you and it's going to be big and I'm studying and I'm like, I don't feel like these two things match up. Something's wrong here. I'm going to switch gears and I studied education. So I have a degree in middle level education. So if your middle schooler thinks I'm really cool, there's a reason. I studied to be this cool. I'm still paying money to be this cool. 
And unfortunately, I think I'm really cool, so I continue to double down on being cool and funny. I graduate, and the district youth director comes to me, and he's like, hey, what do you want to do? Like, what are your dreams? And I look at him, because I'm, I'm very involved in our district's, like, youth events by now as well. And so, like, I get to stand on the stage at the Hershey Giant Center, which means nothing to you, but it was a very big deal at the time. And I'm giving communion and all of these things, and this is it. I'm walking in my calling, being on this stage with 700 people in the room. This is it. Like, I'm pretty much peaking until I write the book and marry the person and get the dog and all those things. That will come. And he looks at me, and he goes, so what do you want to do? And I say, I want to be a youth pastor. This is it. My whole life has led up to this moment. So he helps me find a job at his church. And then I turn it down and take a different job at a different church in a different state. And I moved to middle of, well, near the middle of nowhere, Virginia. It's Chester. So it's like Richmond. And then there's Chester. And Chester is like the like annoying little sister of Richmond. But I live there and it's great. And I'm cool. So it's obviously very cool. (laughs) And I'm there and I'm working and I get to a certain point and this is it. I've reached or I'm reaching the top of the ladder of everything that had been told to me was what I was supposed to do. Because you hear the verses of the Great Commission, and when you're in high school and when you're growing up, it's kind of that like, okay, I'm going to be a campus missionary, and maybe one day God will call me and I will move to Rwanda, and I will tell everyone about God, and then I will come back here for a conference and tell everybody about all the great things I did for God. Or this is it. I'm going to get into ministry. I'm going to grow this youth ministry from 20 to 2,000. And it's going to be amazing. And people will know my name. And I'm going to make Jesus famous by making me famous and talking about Jesus. And it's going to be great. Or this is it. I'll work this job. And then I'll lie and wait until my senior pastor moves on to something else. And then I will become the senior pastor. And it will be great. And I will do great things for Jesus and make him famous by making me famous. And I'm sitting there at the end of uh, one of our events, and this is my first year in ministry, my first year out of college. I have no family in the state. I don't really have friends, because when you keep doubling down on how cool you are, people don't really want to be your friend, because it's like, weird. But you do, right? You want to be my friend. You think I'm cool. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Um, And I'm sitting there, and all of my students had left, and it was the end of, like, our first big event, and I had all of these big plants, and I had all these big dreams, and I could feel like 13-year-old Cassie welling up inside of like, this is it, this is the moment before the event happens, and then like 12 kids show up, and so then they all leave, and everyone gets in their cars, and are you good, okay, you got to ride home, perfect, God loves you, get out there, change the world, and they all leave, and I sit on the floor and cry, because this isn't it. I had built my whole life to this moment, The responsibility of all of the souls in Chester, Virginia, is on my shoulders to throw the right event, to invite the right students, to pour into them in the right way so that everyone will get saved. This is my call. This is my quest. They've been telling me about this for years. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is how I walk out the Great Commission. And I sit there and I cry and I realize that this dream that I had interpreted for myself, that I had decided on for myself, was impossible. And I remembered a song that I heard when I was in high school. 
So in that very small middle of nowhere high school, we still had cool classes because the volleyball teacher slash yearbook editor slash theater director uh, had decided, and sometimes he coached basketball <laughs> for a very small school, um, had decided that he wanted to teach a theater as literature class. Also, if you don't know me, I'm very big into theater. And so when they like announced the class, I was like, ah, all my dreams are coming true. So I take the class. He shows us all of these different shows and walks us through Hamlet and um, Omelet. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and the, all of these other shows. And we watched the entirety of Oklahoma, the Hugh Jackman version. It's very good. Um, but for this show, they didn't have like a video that he liked enough. So we sat in our enormous auditorium, enormous, and just listened to this entire show. And the show is called Man of La Mancha. And there's this one song that came out, and it's right in the middle of the show. And, and we'll talk about like what this means to the show in a second. But I want you to put yourself in, in those shoes in that moment, hearing the impossible dream. Like, I've been thinking about this song since 2011, and I've only heard it live once. Once! Nobody does this show. I don't know why. This is just a brief aside. Nobody does this show. I don't know why. It doesn't make money like Hello Dolly. It's not going to make money like Beauty and the Beast. But look at that. That was beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. But yes. So the show, right? It's called Man of La Mancha. And it's about this guy who gets imprisoned, right? And his name's Miguel de Cervantes. And they imprison him. And it's very much so giving, like, Spanish Inquisition. And as we know, no one can escape the Spanish Inquisition. Thank you, thank you. That got like no love during the practice. Like, I was just waiting, like, please. It's funny. Anyways, um, so he's waiting to be like questioned by the Spanish Inquisition. Gets down into the cell, and everyone there is like, actually, this is your trial, and we are the other prisoners, and this is what's going to happen, right? And he's like, I'm a storyteller. This is the Cassie version of the story. If you'd like the full in-depth version, go forth, look it up. Um, he's like, actually, I'm a writer. You should let me tell you a story. And they're all like, mm, okay, good enough. So he puts them into the story, and the story is of Don Quixote de la Mancha, right? This knight of the woeful countenance who does beautiful, wonderful, amazing things, goes on quests, defeats dragons, um, has a golden helmet, all of these things, but none of it's real. And all of the people in the town are like, this is just a crazy person fighting a windmill. I don't know what's going on here. But he believes in himself so deeply, and he is confident and sure that this is his quest to follow that star, no matter how hopeless, no matter how far, to fight for the right without question or pause, to be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. And I heard this song, and I, I, I remembered it when I was sitting there on the floor, crying, crying, like, this is it. This is what I was supposed to do. This is my quest. This is my moment. But heavy is the head of the man who gets to the top of the ladder and realizes it's leaned against the wrong wall. I've been going after all of these things that I believed were the Great Commission and neglecting my actual quest neglecting what was actually asked of me. Because if you look at the text, what it actually says is, um, reading, all authority in, on heaven and on earth has been given to me, not you, me, Jesus, who is speaking. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey what I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There is nothing about planning a conference in there. There's nothing about writing a book in there. There's nothing about getting famous in there. There's also nothing about saving every person who's on the plane with you in there. You remember those stories of like, trade this red paperclip until you get a million dollars and then buy a house for somebody. And you're there like, that sounds impossible. And that's never been asked of you. There is nothing in there about the responsibility of every soul that you know resting on your shoulders. What's in there is to make disciples of all nations. And discipleship is life on life. And so I was looking at this call in the macro It is applied to us in the micro because the impossible dream has already been finished in the work of Jesus Christ. And even the lyrics, even the words of the song that that one man scorned and covered in scars, right? (laughs) Uh, Still strove with his last ounce of courage to reach the unreachable stars. We're not called and we're not asked to be Don Quixote himself. I think our call comes a lot more simply, and it's to be Sancho. You don't hear a lot about Sancho. Sancho doesn't get a lot of love, but he's got this one song in the show called A Little Gossip. That is my favorite song, personally. (laughs) It's so fun. You should listen to it. Um, Sancho is Don Quixote's little buddy. That's it. In in the song, in his song, there's a song called um, I Like Him, and it's just I'm his squire and I'm his friend. We place these responsibilities on us to fight the dragon, to defeat everything, to be the knight, to to example for everybody exactly what it's supposed to be. When our actual call is to model the one that we're walking with, to be that squire, to be that friend. The most noble things that you see Sancho do in the show is visiting someone in the hospital, is explaining, I love him, I like him, there's a reason I walk with him. He's taught me. He's given me purpose. There's a reason that I love him. And there's a reason that I want you to know him because of the way that he's loved me. That's how you make a disciple. That's how you disciple other people, giving them what's been given to you. And in remembering, uh, like someone says, um, just that we are called and we are asked to bear good fruit in our season by being a tree that is by rivers. So maybe it's not that we were meant to conquer. Maybe it's not that we're meant to overcome. Maybe it's not that we're supposed to take on the hill. Maybe it's that we're supposed to be near. Not only to Christ, but be near to the brokenhearted. Be near to the unlikable. Be near to the unlovable. And in doing that, fulfilling an equally impossible dream. It is hard to forgive. It is hard to love someone, especially when nobody else seems to like them and they keep calling themselves very cool. (laughs) It is hard to walk humbly and to accept our station as friend, as squire, as disciple, as one who is taught, as one who is loved. Sometimes it's even hard to just receive the love of God. Kind of like Kevin talked about a couple of weeks ago, remembering that I am deeply loved by him. And even in everything we sang this morning of just like, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. And taking savior-level responsibilities off of us to put disciple-level responsibilities on us.
following that star, what we are actually meant to live for, to live well, to live faithfully. There's this quote that as we were talking through what I would talk about today um, came up, and I just absolutely loved it. There's two quotes. Um, For the growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts, and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half knowing, half owing to the number who lived faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. I love that quote so much because it puts into perspective exactly who we're supposed to be. That just like, it's, it's not about me. My name's not on the billboard. It's not that I became famous to make Jesus famous. It's sharing that one-on-one, life-on-life. I can be someone. I can be Jesus with skin on for you right now today. Whether or not you remember it, whether or not you bring this up to your friends, whether or not I ever have the conference or write the book or marry the person that we put in the slides, that you would know and you would receive from the gracious, deeply loving God that I have known. I'll leave you with this quote that a friend gave me um, a couple of years ago, because I do struggle with perfection deeply. Now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.